ask you guys to get on board with me this morning. Man, I'm telling you, if we would come into this church every week and not have our eyes on a man or a woman or another person, but we would be looking to him, seeking him, hungry for him, thirsty for him, he promised us that he would fill us up. Fill us up to overflowing. Do you want to overflow this morning? I'm just asking you. I'm just asking you. Over here. You want to overflow this morning? I, 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 I'm, I'm serious. I'm looking at people right now. And they're going, <laughs> this section right here. Can everybody just sit up real? I mean, you're like ready. You're on the edge of your seat. You're excited and expecting God to move this morning in your life. You're expecting God to speak to you this morning. Okay, 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 what about about right here? Do I have anyone? They they might have beat you. They might have beat you guys. Okay, but y'all can have another chance. Okay, over here, anybody stirred up and ready to hear from God this morning? Oh, yeah, some of you guys. No, I think this section won, and it's not because they're bigger. Yeah, okay. I'm telling you, it's the people who get excited about the things of God that get something out of it. Okay. Okay. I'm just wanting to stir you up. Sometimes you just need a mama in your life to come in and just kick you in the pants. Just kick you just a little bit right there in the pants and say, stir up, wake up. Come on. You know that word stir up in the Bible? Do you know what that means? It means to light a fire. To light a fire. And some of us are just, man, we have lost all joy and hope and passion for the things of God. I'm telling you, God is not finished yet with your life. He has got big, great, grand things planned for you. You don't want to miss out because you get too cold, okay, or you get too hard. Jesus came into the, and, and he spoke in the book of Revelation, and he said, I would rather you be hot or I'd rather you be cold, but not lukewarm, not somewhere in the middle. I'm telling you, Legacy Church is a place of passionate, full of passionate people, people who are stirred up and excited about the things of God. You know how you get like that? You stop thinking about yourself all the time. You stop thinking about what I'm going to do today, what I'm going to do tomorrow, and you start getting God's things on your mind. No, I love the word. I love serving God. I love going after God more than I love all the things that I think I want in this life that will never satisfy me. Excited about the things of God. If you feel bored with life, I'm telling you, there's more. There is more. There is more to go. There's more places to see. There's more adventures to go on with God. There is more. I don't care how old you get. There is more. There's always someone to be loving on. There's always someone to be ministering to. There's always a place to be serving God. You have to go after it. It's those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Those are the ones who are filled. So none of that was planned, okay? We're going to start this morning in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 21, we are in a really good series right now. Anybody else? I mean, are you getting stirred up? I, oh man, glory to God. We're getting texts from people. People are letting us know how blessed they have been. But this series is called, anybody want to tell me what it's called? 
what's right with you? And we are talking about being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and what it means to be made right with God. I want to read this to you out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Oh, is it good to be new on the inside? Not wearing some old raggedy clothes anymore. But you've got all the righteous. You are new in him. Glory to God. It says this. um, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Now Jeremy talked a lot about this last week. But you know we... As born-again believers, if you've received Jesus in your life, you have a ministry. And that ministry is called reconciliation. And that is the joining of two things that have been broken, putting them back together. You have the job, the ministry, the responsibility of being reconciled to God, first and foremost, and then also being reconciled with people. You're not supposed to live with bitterness in your life, with broken relationships, with problems of every kind between you and someone else. No, you are a person that joins, hooks up, and ministers closeness, intimacy with people. We are not meant to be separated from other parts of the body. We are meant to be joined together. So think about that. That is your ministry, the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. That means if that's his ministry, that's our ministry. If that's how he does it, we're supposed to go after reconciliation with people and with God. You weren't meant to live your whole life feeling distant from God. Jesus made a way for us to be reconciled to the Father and reconciled to each other. It says this, We implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin, that's Jesus, to be sin for us. There's a great exchange right there. Now, if you aren't born again in this room today, I want to tell you that there was a great exchange made. Jesus took all your sin and gave you grace. He took all your pain and gave you healing. He took all your shame. Oh, and he gave you honor. Oh, thank you, Lord. A great exchange. He made he who knew no sin to be made sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. What does it mean to be righteous in him? Well, to be made right 
To be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus just simply means your right to stand with God. You now have, because of Jesus, the right to stand with God. I'm telling you, that is exciting. I can come and stand in the presence of the almighty God and be right with him. Be right with him. What is right with you? What's right with you? In the Amplified, this says, He made Christ who knew no sin to judicially. These are legal terms. You are legally right with God. Legal terms. To be sin on our behalf so that in him we would become the righteousness of God. That is, we would be made acceptable to him and placed in right relationship with him by his gracious, loving kindness. Glory to God. Are you thankful for Jesus this morning? I'm telling you, every time I go before God to pray, I thank God for Jesus. I make myself very aware of without him, there would be distance between me and my father. But with Jesus, there is only love between us. His name is Jesus. You know, I say that often. There is only love between us, and his name is Jesus. Glory, glory, glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Are you thankful for Jesus this morning? Oh, thank you, Lord. You know, in Galatians 3, 6, we see the whole passage about Abraham. It was, the Bible says, accounted to him for righteousness. What is accounted? That was a gift that was put in his account. Righteousness was a free gift. It wasn't something that he could earn. It wasn't something that you just, you, you do, you gain from performance. It cannot be by your works. Righteousness is a free gift. Amen. Righteousness is a free, it was accounted to our account. It was given to us a free gift. And you know, it's amazing. It is, righteousness can only come one way. It is by faith in Jesus, not by what you've done, not how you well you've performed. It is by faith in God. It was accounted to him for righteousness. Romans 3, 22 and 26. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to who? To all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. I want you to look at another passage of scripture with me. Turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 18. I'm telling you, God is so faithful. He is so faithful. I mean, you can count on him every day. As a minister of the gospel, do I have any ministers in here 
that are called into the fivefold ministry. You are called, okay, now, first of all, let me, let me revise that question. Do I have any ministers in here? Every single person in this room should have raised their hand. Number one, we've already gone over the ministry of reconciliation. But also, every person that is called into the kingdom has some type of assignment on their life to minister, to be a witness for the glory of God. You and I are called to be light. 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 That is a witness. That is being a minister. Okay, so then do I have anyone who believes they're called into the fivefold ministry gifts? Oh, oh, I, oh, awesome. Oh, that is so great. So... Being called into the ministry, you know, I, in the mornings, I pray this over my life. And you should pray this, too. This is in Isaiah. And it says that God would give me, well, he'd awaken my ear to hear morning by morning. He'd awaken my ear to hear. He'd give me words in season to those who are weary. Anybody in here? Start praying that prayer over your life. Did you know you can always be ready to minister and to bless somebody else? He awakens my ear to hear. You know, God will minister to you things for other people. And he will also give you words in season for those who are hurting, those who are weary. Always be ready to love, to bless, to heal with your words. And then, um, you know, none of that was planned either. So I'm just, that's another free gift I'm giving you this morning. Also, you know, in Deuteronomy, I pray this. If you're a minister, if you're called to speak the word of God, I pray this over my life and myself. And it's, and it's this. Lord, I pray that my teaching would drop as the rain. What is the rain? What does it represent in scripture? It represents Refreshing. You know, there's refreshing for every person in this room today. There is the anointing that's present. How good and pleasant it is for brethren who dwell together in unity. Now, this doesn't happen when there's division. But with unity, with a reconciliation, with a closeness, with an intimacy, when that is present... It is like a dew or an anointing or the rain that comes down and flows over the people. And there the Lord commands the blessing. Is anybody interested in living in the blessing of the Lord of your life? Glory to God. I'm, I'm interested in living. Now, a lot of people love the idea of living in the blessing. And they come to church all the time. They even listen to the word all the time. They talk about things of God all the time, like they know, and they know the most, and they're a know-it-all. Okay? Oh, yeah? I'm, oh, gosh. Should I not have said that? Everybody's so quiet. They talk about those things. They think about, they, they, they act like that, but they're not interested in being a doer of the word. And it's the doer of the Lord, Lord, word that sees the blessing in their life. And not just the person who loves the idea of the word. If you, year after year after year, are not seeing increase in your life in every area, your relationships, your finances, um, you know, you should be going from faith to faith and glory to glory. 
It's time to get honest with the Lord, really honest, and to say to him, Lord, I, I want more. I want more. You know, the Bible says to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And in that posture, there is exaltation. There is a lifting. There is a prosperity that will come to you. There are healthy relationships that come through humility. You know, Proverbs tells us that only by pride comes contention. Only by pride comes strife. So to examine your heart, to examine your life and get really honest is a way to begin to start living more freely in the blessing. Like Jordan said, make, just take a healthy estimation. And you, you got to live in the light of your righteousness. And then what does that mean for me to start to put on what's already been done in my heart? So all that to say, I want to look at this passage of scripture. This is in Luke chapter 18. And has anybody been enjoying our Bible reading these last month or so? It's been so good. If you are new to the church, go to the lobby and we'll have them get some Bible reading cards for you. We keep them in our Bible, but we're all reading the same chapter together every day. And it keeps us on the same page and in unity together as a body. But in Luke chapter 18, this is so powerful, y'all. I, I saw this this morning. Get, get this, okay? This is how much Jeremy and I are on the same page. You know, when you live a life that's free of strife in your marriage, and you don't let the enemy have one inch, then you have a kind of a peace and a kind of connection and a kind of clarity. If you and them and God all together, and there is life flowing to that thing. And your prayers get answered and you see the same things. It is worth it. It's worth it to live a life free of strife. And uh, Jeremy, this morning, I text him. I'm like, listen to what I just saw in the word. And I started to tell him this. He seriously was reading the same exact passage. The Lord had told him and showed him the same exact thing for that scripture. And we're texting and it's identical and we are cracking up at each other. This happens to us all the time. Why? Well, we're in sync with the Holy Ghost. And we're in sync with each other. And, and it's powerful. It's a powerful thing. But this specifically has been standing out to me when we have been reading our chapter together. Luke chapter 18, verse 9. Jesus begins to tell a parable. And he's distinguishing between those who find their righteousness in Christ... And those who are living self-righteous. And this verse, verse 9, it says, Also he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves. Here's the first sign that you are, are yielding to self-righteousness. Trusting in yourself. What does it mean to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Well, you're trusting more in God than in yourself. You are relying more heavily on his presence in your life. You are very aware that without Jesus, you are no good. But with Jesus, you are amazing. Can you say that with me? In Christ, I am amazing. 
amazing. Okay, it took a little bit. Some of you, that was hard to do. In Christ, I am awesome. In Christ, I rock. Yeah? Okay. So Jesus begins to distinguish between two types of righteousness. Self-righteousness, trusting in self instead of God. And then the righteousness of God that comes in Christ Jesus. And it says this, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Someone who is self-righteous constantly despises other people. What does it mean to despise? It simply means to dishonor. It means to think lowly of. It means to see them as invaluable. It means to write them off. It means to think of them as small, not worth honoring, insignificant, and it also comes with a lot of judgment. These are ways to recognize if self-righteousness is endeavoring to infiltrate your life in any way. How you see others and how you treat others. How you talk about others when they're not with you. And then how you extend mercy. I want to show you an example of this. Verse 10 says, two men went up to the temple to pray. He's going to give us two contrasts, two different men. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and he prayed thus with himself. Oh, Lord, have you ever prayed with yourself? This is no good. No good. You don't want to be caught praying with yourself. Praying with yourself. And this is why he was on his own. Do you want to hear it? This is why God wasn't hearing his prayer and definitely not answering his prayer. God, I thank you that I am not like the other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I thank you, God, that I am better than he or she. I thank you, God, that I have never messed up. I thank you, God, that I am perfect and have never, never sinned. I thank you, God, that I am much better than he or she. Now, we think that this is just, oh, how dare he do that. This is happening every day in the lives of Christians everywhere. I mean, if you have someone that constantly comes to you and tells you or reports to you what someone else is doing wrong all the time, it's a red flag. If someone consistently tells you the errors in other people's lives, it's a red flag. And know that they're going to say the same thing about you at some point in life. Know that if there is someone that is consistently judging another person, and in the light, they will say, I'm just being honest. I'm just being truthful. i got to be real. No. It is, and without realizing it, 
It is, and they have opened themselves up to the ideas of self-righteousness. I am better. It's a consistent comparison that my good is better than their good. My good, I'm good, and they're bad. Self-righteousness is seen in the way you treat and talk about other people. Self-righteousness, Jeremy said this to me this morning, he texted me, he says, self-righteousness gets its righteousness not from Jesus, but from constantly comparing themselves to others. I'm righteous because I'm not as bad as they are. This is self-righteousness. Guys, I'm telling you, it is, the Lord does not like it. And we ought to run, run from it. Do you know that this is going to set people free in here this morning? And he's, he's praying with himself because God won't even hear this. This is in the realm of pride. And the Bible says that God arrays himself against the prideful. He will actually, you will, he will put you at a distance. Now, not the distance that we see here that's been reconciled by righteousness. But there is a distance. There is a, there is a really extreme thing that comes with pride. It is a separation because it looks so unlike the, like our master. He is humble in heart. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.